morning. This is our Sangha. Hi. There are new people too, a lot of them. Thank you. Thanks for people who are here online as well. Falls are <laughs> leaves are falling. I was going to say falls are leaving. <laughs> Just, you know, Kristen um, said, "Do you know Yoko?" I is it okay to share? <laughs> now I understand why we call fall a fall because the leaves are falling. And yeah, you're right. And it's so, um, I mean, today's just beautiful, the light, just, you know, all these leaves are falling. Such a poignancy right in the air. We come and go, you know. And um, that seems to be the um, teaching of impermanence in Buddhism. I mean, we all know this, even a kid, right? We come in, you know, we're full of life and we have joys of life. And um, we love to be together with loving people, our families. And we all have a time that we go. And this seems to be this seems to be what we are learning as Buddhists, as everybody <laughs> in the world. And it's a difficult teaching. It's a difficult, difficult teaching. We know it. We all know this. It's we can't deny it. You know, we see it everywhere. As you get older, you know, I, I'm getting older. I guess I'm not that old, but um, I've been having, you know, gray hairs. That was not so 10 years ago. I have um, had illness um, that I um, didn't expect to uh, encounter. And I'm still uh, kind of on a journey, receiving um, this teaching from illness. And uh, we all know this, there's an end. And yet, it's so difficult to, to um, meet this in our body. It's so difficult to um, welcome this teaching into ourselves. And um, I have been, um, I've already disclosed the theme of today's uh, talk to Andy. <laughs> 
he's like, well, so what? It, can you give us a taste of what you're going to going to talk about? And I said, well, you know, I think I'm going to talk about healing. And I think this is something that I have been chewing on, um, especially uh, these couple last couple years, and I've been so supported with um, just uh, sharing. Every time I'm up here talking, I share the truth of my illness to everybody. And it has been such a blessing for me because uh, I'm not going, I'm not um, going on this journey by myself. By confessing to you and, and um, <laughs> sharing about my body, which is me, you know, um, there is this DNA inside my bone marrow called the JAK2. And this uh, DNA is a mutated DNA that seems to multiply a, a lot. And so uh, my illness is called um, myelial, which is a lot, proliferative, which is, no, myelial is blood, sorry. And proliferative means like thriving, like flourishing, right? Pro uh, multiplying. Um, neoplasms and so um, it's a, a, a lot of blood pr producing illness that I have and this DNA Jack Jack 2 this is um, this is uh, this is me you know this Jack 2 is me and um, I have um, I have been um, being, you know, cultivating this friendship with this this Jack too, and in in um, going on a journey to meet this Jack too, uh, there has been ups and downs, and um, you know, recently, as some of you might know, that I suddenly um, started to feel uh, this calling um, to heal which has been very difficult to access to, you know. It was, a, 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 you know, I, I have uh, symptoms like fatigue, so to manage this was kind of my thing, you know, just taking care of it. Um, but suddenly there's this energy that just came forward within me inside, this almost this yearning, um, but just a kind of burst of uh, life that uh, spoke to me and said, I'd like to heal. I'd like to heal. And it's powerful, you know, when you, when you feel this surge of energy come inside you. And I was determined, I was determined <laughs> to, okay, uh, what do I need? I went to Japan this summer and I felt the nature there was calling me, the mountains were calling me. And I thought, okay, I'm gonna see if I can heal here. And that didn't happen. Uh, with the twists and turns, that just did not happen. And um, when, I, I basically fell down uh, walking a dog, <laughs> my dog, and I, I thought that I had torn something in my knee that I would, uh, it would take a long time to heal. 
And the moment that happened, it was like uh, all this yearning and longing that I, I felt to heal, completely, it was almost desperation I was feeling to heal. It was knocked out like this. It was like, whoa, what is this? What just happened? And, and facing the fact that I can't walk, you know, I was kind of uh, stuck, you know, at home. My spouse and my son and the, some of the Sangha members, a lot of Sangha members stepped in to help. But I could not walk and it was clear. It was a clear message that this is not a time to go. This is just not time. And um, so, you know, I, I have been really sitting with this question of what is healing? What is healing? It's definitely not body healing, you know? I mean, yes, there are body healing as well. When you become sick, you take a rest. Your cells um, repair. There are some healings that occur within our bodies. But this did not feel like a body healing to me. Somehow, this calling or teaching just came and knocked out that desperation out of me. And there was another teaching that was even stronger. And I don't really know what that teaching is. I'm still listening to it. And I'm still... Um, asking all beings, including all of you, to um, reveal that. And um, so this has been my journey, is what is the healing? You know, what is the healing? And, and And it feels that it's not the healing is not just mine, but the healing is occurring everywhere, everywhere. It could be healing from, and we do this all the time. As we practice, we heal. You know, we have injury, we have traumas. This body that we are bringing in today in this room is not really just ours. You know, you have your parents and your parents have their parents and, and just goes on and on and on. This lineage that we each come from is a very special, unique lineage that we all come from, right? None of us has the same lineage. And we hear the, the pain of this lineage uh, as we practice this way. You know, we sit and we start to, to start to hear how we suffer. And, and it's true. This, this 
practice is really sitting with suffering. You know, <laughs> my, a friend of mine said, um, Yoko, this Zen center, it's all about suffering. We always talk about suffering. I need some joy. Yeah. You're right. You know? So I'm, I'm sorry. This, this is... <laughs> <laughs> the first noble truth is that there's suffering, and that is the first noble truth, by the way. So, um, and I uh, wanted to bring this. Um, so, as I, I'm, you know, thinking about this talk about healing, I um, I looked up the word heal, and it's to make whole. In uh, Pi. Um, root, kalio, uh, it means whole. Um, old English uh, is healing. It comes from healing. And it means cure or make whole. So um, this is interesting, right? The definition is to make healthy, whole, or sound, restore to health free from ailment, um, to bring an end to conclusion, conflicts, conflicts between, usually with a strong implication of restoring former am amity, um, reconcile, free from evil, cleanse, purify. And more that, that I stay with this uh, word whole, you know, whole. What's whole? It seems to have, um, you know, this word heal seems to come out of um, some kind of relationship, you know, relationship with a whole, uh, relationship with um, not just my own suffering. But really starting to see where is this suffering coming from, right? I will talk about this one suffering that I've been having insights about recently, and it's aversion. This is where I suffer, especially with my close ones in the family. Um, aversion is not really pleasant feeling, you know. It, you know, for me, it. Uh, restricts my heart. Um, it has this energy of um, resistance and opposition. Um, it, it also has a judgmental feeling to it, critical, dismissive, putting down. And uh, I've, you know, this has been something that I've been practicing for decades. Decades, aversion. We call this uh, one of the hindrances that we have. And I uh, had an insight recently, you know, wow, this does not feel, this is so persistent. I really want it to go away. <laughs> and of course, the loving kindness helps. That's something that we work with a lot, you know. We really put, uh, not put, but just welcome that 
energy to come, right? And really regard this uh, um, aversion to something like a being. But recently I have been really having this insight about, wow, you know, it's true. It's actually, it's not mine because I've felt this before. I've felt it with my mother and my father, how they are averse to each other. I've heard it with my grandmother, how she talked about her relationship with her um, uh, ex, not ex, well, ex, yeah, ex-husband. And then I start to feel that, wow, you know, why? Why is this energy, you know, in this very close person, a spouse? And then I, and it kind of um, started to really make sense because I felt that, yes, of course, you know, the way that uh, women um, have to be sacrificed, lineages after lineages, generation after generations. Uh, we, we need to take care of men, especially coming from my culture, and here too, you know, the patriarchy, the model of patriarchy. You, we would be aversive to this, this energy, you know, because we have to protect ourselves. What are we protecting? You know, and we're protecting our dignity, our life. And so um, this really made sense to me um, when I started to um, <laughs> read this uh, mythology. And this is a Japanese mythology, very old mythology. Um, and I'm going to uh, read about this. Um, the emperors uh, claim that they came from this lineage. And it's um, basically the, the Shinto religion, that it's an indigenous relig religion of Japan. And uh, we have stories about it. Um, the earliest written story is from eight, uh, century, 8th century. And um, it comes out of the uh, trauma. It comes out of the, seems to be, comes out from a family tr trauma. Um, there have been uh, gods, and the gods um, have children. And uh, there are three children. Um, Amaterasu is a uh, a sun goddess, a daughter. She's a very powerful one. She's a sun, right? And there is um, uh, moon, moon goddess. And there is storm goddess. Well, actually, god. So it's, it's a, um, a he. And I really would like to invite um, this usage of goddess and gods, gender as fluid, 
you know, I say he or she, but it's actually um, just a quality, energetic qualities. And um, so, um, Susanoo is the, the, the storm god, um, the youngest of the three divine siblings, was expelled by his father for his troublesome nature and incessant wailing on account of missing his deceased mother. So he was suffering. And then um, he was causing all kinds of problems. And I think that because Amaterasu, who was the sun goddess, was so powerful and shining and bright, he went up to her and he was jealous of her. You know, there was a dynamic. You know, perhaps, you know, his, their father, um, you know, uh, was dismissive of him, right? And um, so he does really horrible things to her. Um, I will read this. So um, while Amaterasu, the sun goddess, tolerated um, Sisano's behavior first, his misdeeds did not cease, but became even more flagrant until one day he bore a hole in the rooftop of Amaterasu's weaving hall and hurled the heavenly piebald horse which he had flayed alive into it. One of Amaterat's weaving maidens was alarmed and struck her genitals against a weaving shuttle, killing her. In response, a furious Amaterasu shut herself inside the heavenly rock cave door plunging heaven and earth into total darkness. So he, she was the sun goddess. So when she hid herself inside, everything became dark. The world became dark. And everybody was just thrown out, you know, thrown off. You know, what are we going to do? But isn't that interesting? And I, I could not, I could not just pass this, you know, thing about hitting the genitals. I mean, what, you know, and I was, it, it kind of meant, made sense to me because that is where women, our sovereignty, right? This is, this is the reproductive system we have. We all have that. Men or women, we have reproductive system. And for women, this is where the, it's a special place, like a womb, you know? It's where the uh, um, life enters and gets created. And it's a, a, a gateway, right? It sends the life out into the world. So yes, you know, for Amaterasu, that was just, I mean, this in one story, you know, it's about her maiden, like it's not her that's been done, but another story I think of there is passage about her being wounded herself, you know, so that sovereignty is taken away or, or traumatized. And um, that really struck with me. And so she hides in the cave, 
and she's I don't know how long she's been there but um, that's where we all enter into this cave as we come to practice with all the traumas and um, you know this whole cave image was really churning inside me this week especially after Sarah's talk last night and not last week Saturday um, because she talked about Dragon's Cave. I think if, if you had missed that talk, she talked about a koan where um, uh, this um, teacher is dying and um, he is uh, saying, how many times have I gone down this cave for you to meet Blue Dragon? Because that's where the dragons are. Which uh, started to really um, turn inside me because, um, you know, this dying teacher, this is Bodhisattva's way, is to dive into the suffering of all beings, you know. Um, at the deathbed or at his uh, most flourishing, thriving youth, you know, death, illness, or health. This is where we dive, is into this cave. For you, for, for the suffering of all beings. And this is our way, this is our vow, actually. And so, um, you know, when I, I read, well, I, I knew about this story, and then I reread it, and it was just turning and turning inside me, this cave. It's a place where we meet dragons. And dragons in, in, is powerful being. And I looked it up what, what it means in, in Chinese folk stories. And it means um, uh, a power, creativity. Um, interestingly, um, it meant spring and also uh, healing. So that was. Um, you know, that was like, wow. And um, my um, root teacher, Tia, uh, once told me, um, you know, when you go in the cave, step down into the cave, be careful because it's slippery. And um, It's interesting, you know, I, at that time when I heard it, I like, yes, okay, I'll be cautious, you know, I'll be cautious, I'll be careful. And now when I hear her again, or hear this again, I feel that, yes, of course, I am going to slip. You know, we're all going to slip, not just once, but many times. Many times, we'll go in that cave, flat on the face. <laughs> and that's just the way it is, you know? That is just the way it is. And you're not falling by yourself. And so, you know, as I, thinking, I start thinking about this cave, um, you know, this uh, 
Amaterasu, the sun goddess, what was she doing in there? You know, meeting a, a dragon, perhaps maybe meeting her rage. You know, you know, towards her brother, who dismissed her so badly. I mean, she's he's done the worst things, disgracing her sovereignty. Um, you could say he disparaged three treasures. You know, three treasures in this lineage is Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. And he may, to her, he may, he, it felt like she, she, he disparaged that. So maybe it took a long time for her to process that and to feel into her own trauma around that. But not only that, maybe as she stayed there and stayed quiet and dark inside, just like where you feel that there's no hope in the world, you know, there's so much violence out there in the world. Sometimes we feel that there's no hope. It's true. Sometimes. I felt, um, as I went through this illness, there were days where I felt that my body just doesn't feel like it's going to last. You know, sometimes you feel hopeless. And, and, and there is this sense of um, dark forest. You know, with the moon perhaps out there to guide me, guide us, all of us, for a moment, it's hidden. And then we, we smell this. We, we have a yearning. We have a longing. We have a longing for that, that moon. Just even the glimmer of that moon will give us hope and faith. Maybe Amaterasu was like that, too, in that cave. Really um, despairing. But maybe, as she stayed there, being patient with this despair, maybe, perhaps, he started to, she started to see something else, like her brother's suffering. Why would he have done this? Maybe he was suffering as well. Maybe, maybe he's, their parents were suffering as well. Maybe this was something that was um, in her lineage, you know, maybe her mother and father had suffered something too. So as I stay with my aversion too, you know, I have been ha having insight about, wow, you know, this is not mine. This suffering is actually not mine. It's, 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 it comes from all the people that came before me, all the ancestors that are interacting with other ancestors. And so, um, I feel that um, when we practice together as a Sangha, this is a refuge we can take, is to, um, um, 
recognize that all our ancestors are in this room, literally right now. You know, each of us are bringing our own ancestors in. And by bringing in here, actually we're creating this dialogue with each other. Our, not just us talking, but our ancestors talking with each other. And we are um, healing, just like this goddess. The healing is taking place. And we are, um, we do this in faith. We do this in faith with the light of the moon. When it's dark, we um, churn, right? We churn our hearts, our yearning and longing, and it um, sees the flickers of the moon. And I, when I see the flicker in your heart, I see the flicker in my heart. And that's how our heart moves. That's where the churn is. And so there's um, a wonderful uh, um, offering um, of this practice period that came from Fukan Zazengi, which is Dogen's Sutra. And um, the line is that, um, um, I forgot, so I'm going to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, he says, so Fukan Zazengi, he's very, very enthusiastic about Zazen. He just came back from, from China. He had this storm he had to go through. You know, his um, boat just, you know, almost sank in the storm. And then, but he, did, he, he survived through it. He came to Japan. He came back to Japan to bring the teaching. And he's so enthusiastic about Zazen. And he says, the zazen I speak of is not learning the meditation. It's not about learning. It is simply the dharma gate of repose and bliss. Dharma gate of repose and bliss. And this is the theme of our practice period, is repose and bliss. The practice realization of totally cultivating culminated, sorry, culminated enlightenment. So this repose and bliss is um, enlightenment. It's the full uh, illumination of the moon, enlightenment. By the way, moon is um, kind of the signature of enlightenment in, our, in, Z in Zen. And um, so I did look up this word, and I'm so very lucky because I, I can read Japanese. So I can, I can see, okay, which characters are these? And I'm so into the kind of pictograph, where, how they put together to make a meaning out of characters. So I brought it for you, um, and it's um, very interesting. Let's see, uh, I have a lot of words here. Because I never know what I'm going to, to say in Dharma talk, so I have a lot here. And um, that's the one. And here's another one. Yeah, okay. So the repose, okay, the repose in Chinese character, in Japanese character, is this. Okay, this. Let me just hide this one here. This one, okay. And this one, um, on the bottom here, so we have. Ra uh, Radicals, right? We call this radicals. Different parts of the character is called radicals. This is the upper radical, and this is the down radical. And this means woman, 
in Japanese, female. And this here basically means like a roof. It kind of does look like a roof, right? Building roof. And this comes from this pictograph right here. Okay. So can you kind of see a woman? Well, they say that the woman, woman is sort of kneeling with her long hair, perhaps, and little bit of a uh, little cloth here on her side. And she is inside this um, altar. And this comes from um, a ritual of when you wed, two lineage, lineages come together, right? Um, she, it's, a, it's a ritual that she goes to an altar of a, a marrying lineage and um, offer prayers or uh, pay homage and say, I'm, I'm here, not just me, all my lineage is here. And of course, there's the other side of lineage. So the whole lineage is joining together, starting to, to communicate with each other. Right? And actually, it's, it's, it's um, offering and it's uh, partaking of permission. So it's asking, is it OK? Can I join with you? Can we start to have a communication? Can we start dancing together with our habits, with our delusions, our aversions, greed? You know, can we start doing that together? I thought that was really beautiful. You know, this repose, the rest, you know, that's, that's the rest. What does that mean? So we're bringing all together, our ancestor together, and finding a place where we can all relax together, listen to each other, respect the differences, and actually take a refuge in even conflicts. You know, that it's okay. The conflicts are here, aversion, um, fear, all here, and we'll here we'll be here to stay. We'll staying here so that we can um, be in faith, right? In faith that we'll be able to reconcile, settle. And so that was a real um, gift, you know, preparing for this Dharma talk. And I also don't want to miss this out because this is also really fun. Um, and oh yes, yes here. I don't know if the people at the um, online can really see this, but um, uh, the other word, right? The other word, um, uh, repose and bliss. The bliss is basically um, comes from this word uh, laku, which means ease, um, joy, and joy. This is the laku, laku. And then it actually comes from this one here that kind of looks like a picture. You see the picture here? And it's, it's an um, instrument um, of uh, um, acorns. And uh, you, I, I think you just like jiggle it, and then it makes sounds. Yeah, chicky chicky like that, yeah. <laughs> and so I thought that was just so... Um, light, you know, 
the music can really relieve us many times in our lives. And um, um, it becomes a vehicle to turn our hearts, right? The movement, there's a movement. And the movement actually shakes our um, karma, it churns, it cooks it's like a soup, you know, it gets cooked. Okay, thank you. And so um, this happens inside the cave for Amaterasu. Yeah. And it happens for us too. And, um, and then so she, so what happens? Do you want to know what happens to her? So, <laughs> so the gods, right? The gods are really, everybody's in pain and suffering because like this dark. Everywhere is dark now. And so the wise ones, wise gods get together and say, okay, we're going to have to do something about this. So you, the powerful one, you know, sit, like stand right next to that door, and then you are going to um, dance and make some sound, big sounds, so that she'll be surprised and she'll be curious what's happening outside. And they actually, this is so amazing to me, uh, this image of uh, what, they, what they put in front of a door is um, a kind of like a tree with beads, and mirror, a huge mirror. So when st when they start to, you know, seduce her out with all these dances, and this dance is actually outrageous too, because this dance god is also female. It's like, you know, and then she just pulls her <laughs> skirts down again, like to expose herself. So this is just so loaded with that you know, feeling of, um, to me, it, it just feels that it's been, you know, we, we need to really bring it forward, right? We really need to bring it forward, this feminine, fem feminine, um, sacred forward to the world. And, um, and then so Amaterasu, after suffering for a long time, starting to have some space, you know? Maybe she couldn't fear this first, but he, she started to hear it now. Right? Just like in Zazen, when you're turning and turning inside, you can't really hear anything, right? When you start to relax, oh yeah, I, I, I can hear everything. And so she starts hearing it, and then she starts becoming curious, and she just like start to open that little bit, like what's going on? And the God is like, Oh, you know, here is a, a beautiful uh, God, you know, even more amazing than you are. And so she's like, oh, really? I want to see that. And then as soon as she starts to open the door, the very um, uh, strong one pulls her out. And then um, the, the mirror catches her. So she's like, oh, my God, this is amazing God that I'm seeing. <laughs> it, it brings her forward into the world. I just find this story to be just, uh, I don't know, just very encouraging. And it's all of us. You know, every time we go into that dark, dark cave, we come out with, it's not just happening by ourselves because people are helping you, you know, come out, <laughs> you know? 
So you rely, you rely on each other. With the Sangha, we reveal ourselves, we confess, and we, um, you know, say, I'm, I'm in pain, help me. I'm sorry that I behaved this way. Maybe I was um, not thoughtful to you. And that happens as you become more and more intimate in the Sangha, just like a family. Um, yeah. So I think that that's, that's it. So um, let's heal together, you know? And, uh, and find that uh, dance together, you know, with, with the music. And, um, um, you know, we'll just keep going. May our intention equally penetrate. Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the Brooklyn Zen Center. Our programs are given free of charge and made possible by the donations we receive. For more information on supporting Brooklyn Zen Center, please visit the giving section of brooklynzen.org.